You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anissa, and Poroma. This episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest release from Yamil Saeed Mendez, Twice a Quinceanera. Instead of losing the deposit on her wedding venue, a jilted bride decides to throw herself a quinceanera, times two, for her 30th birthday. One month short of her wedding day and her 30th birthday, Nadia finds herself standing up to her infuriating, cheating fiancé for the first time in, well, forever. But that same courage doesn't translate to breaking the news to her Argentinian family. She's hyperventilating before facing them when she glimpses a magazine piece about a Latina woman celebrating herself with a second quinceanera, aka Sweet 15. And that gives Nadia a brilliant idea. As the first professional in her family, raising a glass to her achievements is the best plan she's had in years, until she discovers that the man in charge of the venue is none other than her college fling that became far more than a fling. And he looks even more delicious than a treated cake. We recommend this delightful romance for fans of movies like Never Been Kissed, 13 Going On 30 and The Wedding Singer. Oh wait, guys, before we get into the episode, we had a quick announcement. Did you know that Dramas Over Flowers is turning five in September, which is next month? And that's coming up pretty quickly. So what do you guys think of playing a kind of a game with us? We've all passively wondered what it would be like if Dramaland had our problems to solve. Like what tropes and themes would it apply to our problems? That is exactly what we're trying to do with a series of posts that we want to release next month called What Would Dramaland Do? And we want you to participate. We want you to send us problems, dramatic ones, very mundane ones, whatever you think of. I'm probably going to be sending something about how my cat is fixated on a particular brand of wet food and refuses to eat if I don't get him exactly that brand every single time. And this is an expensive brand. So send us your stories. You'll find a link with way more information in the description below. And as always, we accept DMs, emails, comments, replies, homing pigeons. Maybe not that one. So check out that link. See if this is something that you're interested in. And we hope this sounds as much fun to you as it does to us trying to figure out what drama tropes we can use to solve the problems of the world. Okay, now into the episode we go. Hi everyone, I'm Saya. I'm Anissa. And I'm Parma. And this is a special episode. What are we calling this episode, guys? It's a wild yak. It's a wild yak. <laughs> okay. Yes. Was our last wild yak the Soingok one? No, it was the goblin one. Or did we one. have more in between? Oh, the goblin one. That was the goblin one. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> that was so fun. today we're doing, but we are doing another actor one. I think y'all seem to like the Soingok one. And I was very um, upset to be left out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Um, today we're talking about Eminki. Is it really fine, Anissa? It's okay. I do you need a moment? I spoke. I talked to you guys while I was listening to it on my own. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. So today we're talking about Eminki because we always love him, but we are again reminded about how much we love him. In my liberation notes. Yes! Namely, Burma sends a text in the middle of the night saying, You guys! I love you, Minky, so much! <laughs> I, I made up the voice. 
I mean, that was pretty much how I was thinking of it because Ashok, he he's just he's so perfectly cast. I can't imagine anybody else just embodying this this erratic, hot tempered, but also really sweet guy. It's um and very verbose. Yeah. Has so much to yes. say. <laughs> yes, but we'll get to that. But first, so if you don't know who Imagi is, shame how on dare you. you. <laughs> But also stop, stop this episode right now and go and watch yes. something. So he was born in 1985 and his first role in a drama series was uh, Be Strong Gumsoon, which I have watched the entire thing. And right now I cannot remember <laughs> what, he, what role he <laughs> what role he played, which is like very strange to me. Although hilariously, the reason I've heard of this is because of Business Proposal and Be Strong Gumi, the drama in the drama. Which you so helpfully told us was based on yeah, that. Yeah, well, I I mean, Be Strong Soon is like a hundred and some episode daily drama Goodness. that I watched. Yeah, I think it's like 164 episodes or something. <gasps> wow. Half an hour each or 22 minutes each or whatever. And I watched the entire thing in like 2012 or something. But why? Um, it was so good. Oh, is it really? It was so good. I mean, oh. for a daily, it's the best daily mm. drama I've ever watched. And like, it was also like in an extended period of illness. So I had like nothing else to do. But also like, I think I remember hearing how at the time this was airing, it had super high ratings. And like everyone used to like the streets would be quiet because everyone would go wow. inside to find a TV to watch it, which is hard to imagine now right mm. but it was it was very it was a big drama so i can understand why uh oh that's right yes now i remember okay yes okay now i remember who he was and like so what was he like in that <laughs> he was very young was he weird? and kind of gangly and he was a little weird because even key is always a little bit and weird. he's still gangly yeah. yeah yeah he was just like a young gangly dude who had like even key energy i don't know how to explain it <laughs> it's a family drama so he didn't have a lot to do but but yes sorry to derail the conversation um where did we all first see him i want to hear where you guys first saw him. Spring. yeah the same one for both of us ah! this was like very early in our k-drama career right we oh both God, watched yeah. this at similar times with a couple of friends of ours as well and it became all the talk in our email thread, our legendary long-running email thread, which ran to thousands and thousands of emails. And ran for <laughs> years and years. And I think you, it, you I mean, found yeah. Daja Spring first and then inculcated me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm watching this drama, you'll have to watch it too. I think, you know, the interesting thing is with Daja Spring, I think that that is like the straightest imingi you'll see. He's a like a wonderful hero, but he's not really weird. Like the the sort of trademark weirdness that he brings later mm. isn't so much in evidence in this drama. No, his, his Although defining, this is an amazing drama. Absolutely. But his defining characteristic was that he's the younger guy with yes. like a, a bit of what's that French term? Uh, joy de vivre. Joy de, joy de vivre. vivre. That, okay, you guys pronounced it better. <laughs> <laughs> and we he, both like, have French trading. So, so yeah. he he was just this breath of fresh air in Dalja's life because she was treading the conventional path and he was just an unexpected experience. So that's what he was embodying. It was I'm so sorry, my dog's going to be part of this episode. Um, <laughs> Let's he, go with it. he 
clearly was it the story wasn't about him it wasn't about his journey his discovery it's just about how he fitted into her life and her realizing that life could be more than what she had imagined which by the way just go and watch the aljas spring guys if it's a 2007 drama so i know like a lot of our listeners might have missed out on it but this is one of the original noona dramas mm. you know but mm-hmm. also this is the rare drama that's way ahead of its time absolutely. i think this as a contemporary drama would fit in absolutely perfectly yeah like you wouldn't be able to in terms of it i mean visually it does look a little older but in terms of like yeah. the writing, you might have to you might have to get over Tatum's hair. But like, give it a chance. <laughs> I love her hair. No, like, I love. I, I do. I do love so... her. I loved yeah. it too. But like from a twenty twenty two perspective, yes. like it, it's a lot to take. It, it is Ajumma. <laughs> her hair yeah. and her makeup, like it's kind of a lot. <laughs> um, but she, I mean, she she rocks it. So my yeah. first experience of him was actually as the bodyguard in Really Really Like You, which is a. It's like a 32 episode drama that he did with Eugene. Um, and basically, like, she plays this plucky candy type character who's really good at cooking. And she eventually gets this role as um, like a sous chef in the royal, not in the royal, in the blue house. And he's a blue house security guard. Um, and they fall in love, obviously. <laughs> and I just loved him so much. At that. He, I was I was just like, who is this person? Like, because even he has this quality to him that is not like anybody else. Like he's he's weird in a really fascinating way. Like he never plays the scene in the expected sort of, you know, like there are some actors who are really good, but they tend to give you what you're expecting. And he doesn't give you what you're expecting. And it's mm. like better than what you're expecting because it's so him. Like he infuses... He doesn't do that thing where, like, every role he plays is the same. Mm. But you still get that, like, unique Iminki magic in all of his roles. If that makes sense. Yeah. And they were just really, really cute. Like, their romance was really cute. I mean, this drama has a lot of... uh, Like, it's long. There's a lot of other storylines that I don't care about. But, like, their romance killed me, like, dead. It was so sweet <laughs> and adorable and lovely. And his journey as a character was what really sold me on him as an actor because he just did such a good job of like, he starts out as this kind of brash bit of a playboy. Like he doesn't really want to be a bodyguard. He's just kind of there. It's his job. Like, um, but and then over time, he kind of becomes a more serious person. And he, you know, with his interactions like with her and seeing how earnest she is at sort of following her dreams. And then like she has this really nice relationship with like the chef who mentors her, who is, um, you know, the Ajashi in the coffee shop from Coffee Prince, that actor? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember his name right now. The one who's like also a famous folk yes. singer. Yeah. Their relationship is really lovely. So yeah, I don't know how well it holds up, but I loved it when I watched it back in like 2009. I was about to ask you, would it hold up to watching now? But I guess we'd have to watch and find out. <laughs> I did rewatch some of it. Um, and I still enjoyed it, but I don't know how much of that was just like my affection Nostalgia. for Eugene yeah. and Iminki. Yeah, I just love both <laughs> of them so much. Going back a little bit, like we talked about his debut drama, which was Be Strong Come Soon. He just plays like a, a minor character in a fi- in a family drama. But then after that, he did this mini mini series. It's like a four episode 
It was this thing they used to, that NBC used to do, do called Best Theater, and it's called Tanning National Village, which is like the athletes' village for Olympic athletes, where yeah. all like the Cucatepios go, like the national um, representatives. Um, and it was l- written by the Hong sisters. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, sorry, not four episodes, eight episodes. Eight, yeah. So it's short, and it has um, the the four main characters are Imingi, Isangyun of uh, My Ajushi fame, and Che Jang-yoon and Song Hyun, which like I don't know that they're really popular anymore, but at the time they were big. But it's just about like these athletes who are following their dreams, and it's really lovely and really sweet. And I don't know if you can watch it anymore, but he apparently was it's on Vicky. Wonderful in it. So him and Isangyun were wonderful, and it's just like a really. It's not as um, over the top and like hilarious as a lot of the other stuff that the Hong sisters uh, do. It kind of is low key and contemplative and sweet and like thoughtful and kind of melancholy in a way that re- kind of reminded me of Park Hanson. Did when he, I watch it? Did did he like start being weird <laughs> at this point? Because <laughs> like I think his defining. Um, tray of be of bringing something slightly grounded and weird is kind of what sets him apart from other actors even in his early days um oh yeah he was already weird and really really like you okay awesome like he was weird <laughs> from go i think he might have even been weird and be strong him soon i just have a very hazy memory of him in that so okay I think um, sometime between 2000, like after Dalja Spring and Evasive Inquiry Agency. Uh, Sai, did you watch that one? Evasive Inquiry Agency? Uh, yes, I did. Can I you also talk about that? that? That's yes, what we talk about it. fully weird in that. So that has a weird um, English title, which isn't really well translated. So it's also known as Mixed Up Detective uh, Agency. Um, and I have to say, as much as his character was very funny and off color in a sort of oddball weird kind of way i really hated the drama and i know that (laughs) that's not a popular opinion that was a drama that bored me to tears it's also known as um four gold chasers because they're Uh, like looking for a treasure so i think some people call it four gold chasers i've never heard anyone call it that although i'm seeing it here (laughs) uh well apparently maybe maybe it's one of those things where like retroactively they gave it an official english title Uh like post k-dramas becoming internationally famous and it's just like a baffling terrible title (laughs) like sometimes happens Mm. um but yeah i'm with you saya like it was i watched it because of the writer Mm -hmm. Um, who is Park Yun-sun, who we love. Oh, because true. at the time, I think I had just finished watching Alone in Love and I was like completely killed dead by how much I loved Alone in Love, which I will never stop stumping for. I don't know if you can even watch it anywhere on the internet <laughs> it's, now. It's on YouTube, uh, on the SBS oh, World really? YouTube. I don't think it's available for you in the US, but certainly in the well, UK and maybe if you live in a region where you can watch that, please go and watch <laughs> it. It's one of my favorite dramas of all time. Yeah, they've uploaded the whole thing. But I loved it so much. And then I was like, let me watch more stuff that this writer did. And then I watched Evasive Inquiry Agency, a.k.a. Four Gold Chasers. And I was like, what? what is this? I just, you know, the reason I watched it was because this is back when sort of Drama Beans was in its heyday. And this was like at the top of their recommendations list. And they like both gave it like a 10 out of 10. Or I remember they both really loved it. Yeah. And I just couldn't understand that rating because I 
I mean, that's why I kept on watching it because I was like, it's got to get better. It's got like <laughs> it can have a bad first half and be good in the second half. And this is before I had discovered how to speed watch. So I sort of dragged my way through the whole drama, but I sincerely, sincerely abhorred it. Apologies to those who loved it. I didn't hate it, but I just didn't really <laughs> understand the appeal. I was like, okay, and it was just so weird. Too and not weird, maybe in a way that I enjoy. Yeah. And I guess it's one of those like very mileage based type of yeah. thing. Exactly. So. <laughs> so that was that. <laughs> yeah. And after that, he went for like an entire decade of not doing dramas anymore. <laughs> did you guys notice? He did a guest role yeah, in Shut he, Up Boy Band, uh, Flower Boy Band. But aside from that, a solid... Was this when his movie career was taking off there? Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. I absolutely noticed because I missed him so much during those <laughs> 10 years. I was like, just come back. Just do a drama. And then he would do like a cameo and I'd be like, yes. And then, no. <laughs> like with Shut Up Flower Boy Band, I was like, he's back. Uh, no. And they killed him off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is not a spoiler to say. No, it's not a spoiler. But you know what really annoyed me about Shut Up Flower Boy Band? I didn't know he was going to die. I don't think any one of us Neither knew that he did was. I. And yeah. so we were watching it. And I was thinking he was one of the main leads. Right. I was like, he's back finally. And then no, at the end of episode one, he's not back. And so. I mean, they proper got us invested in this guy and then just. But that was also sort of part I mean, of what the dram- drama was, ex- was doing. Yeah, I mean, I, th- yeah. I don't think we can be mad because no, I can't be mad. I, extremely I just, I emotionally invested. Do you know what I keep finding with people who I send to this drama is that they start watching it and then he dies, and then they stop watching that's it because me. they're like, "But that's, he died." That, that's me. The drama. The, the drama ended was, right there. <laughs> yeah, right. But you're like, and like, I keep trying to tell them, "No, you don't understand. This is where the drama begins." Like. Sung Jun is interesting. Yeah, has, so like, here's our like drama. PSA. If you haven't, if you either haven't watched it because of that, or if you started watching it and you stopped after episode one because of that, like this is one of the best dramas I've ever seen. One like, of, please go yeah. back and watch it. Yes, it's, it's probably the amazing. best music drama of. It's like top three best music dramas ever made. And I would easily put it in a top. I mean, the thing is, I have too many amazing dramas, but this would be in the top tw- top ten drama list of mine that is populated by like 20 dramas <laughs> so <laughs> so that after good. that he finally came back as a male lead of a drama oh, no, properly but, but let in 2017 us, do you want to talk about, talk about yes yes let's, so i watched two i think anisa watched a few more of his movies i watched two i watched this one where he was a freaking insane psychopath and oh, oh my god I, I i mean it was terrifying and it was perfect it was actually really it was a really good movie what's it called monster and he did it with kim goyun and it was basically a revenge drama where um, his character kills kim goyun's sister and then she needs she wants to avenge her sister and um it's a proper thriller like there are mind games going on and because i had just seen him in dalja spring before that and i saw him as this um, somewhat mercurial, but you know, just earnest young man. And then immediately after that, I saw this, and <laughs> I think it solidified Imin Ki as a uh, as an actor in my head. An actor with a big A. Yeah, an actor with a big A. Because <laughs> that switch. I mean, Kim Go Yoon was great, but Kim Go Yoon was a little raw. Like her 
after all, her arc was basically the straight man. She's trying to get revenge for her dead sister. It's it's a, a, an intense role, but Eamon Gee. Oh. Mm. It's so interesting to me. What was the other m- movie that you saw Spellbound. Him? I watched Spellbound. So Spellbound was with Sonia Jin. And this was Sonia Jin as a very... Um, it was it was a cute. It was it was basically like a horror romance, but it was horror like Master's Son was horror. It's not like you're going to be scared out of your wits. It was like a horror rom com. It's a horror <laughs> rom com, yeah. And it was sweet. And Eamon Key was definitely doing the drama male lead um, part, but he was also like this hapless boy stuck in this haunted house with this girl who you know attracts ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> I've, it's so interesting to me that like when he took his long break from uh, dramas and he was off doing films, you watched his like genre-y things and I just watched the ones where I was trying to recapture him as a romantic <laughs> lead. <laughs> so I, you know, I watched, um, I watched Romantic Island, which is about a bunch of people who go to this island and have like romantic shenanigans. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, like there's just like three couples and it's just about these, all these people who are on vacation and they're having like weird shenanigans. Um, and then there's very ordinary couple, which he did with, um, Kim and he, which where they were, it's just a very ordinary couple love story about them falling in love, you know, having problems, having their happy times breaking up. And then I also watched, um, hand day, which is actually a disaster movie, but I only watched it for the cast. It was fine. <laughs> it was, there was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing memorable about it. And then I just remembered, I also watched Oishi Man. <laughs> Which, like, I just, I was like, that sounds familiar. I totally forgot about this movie. But it's with uh, Jung Yumi. Um, it's kind of like that Japanese movie love story. Um, it's, like, kind of inspired by that. But, yeah, it's, like, it's they go to Japan. They go to Hokkaido. And it's, like, snowy and romantic. And there's some illness. And there's some tragedy. And some, like, it's cute. It's a cute... Ro- anyway, so that's kind of what I was watching while I was missing him. <laughs> I just think it's funny what we gravitated towards. You know, it's funny that Yumingi is actually one of those actors who is not like a drama a year actor. Which, yeah. I, I mean, don't know, does that mean he's just very selective in his projects? Or, you know, I mean, uh, uh, up till about a few years back, being a movie star meant more in terms of prestige and the kind of money that these mm-hmm. projects had. One hundred percent in dramas. That's changed now. So now, mm. if you're a drama yeah, I'm kind star, of talking 2017 onwards. Um, yeah, I don't. He think has he's, kind he's of been... had a drama a year, more or less. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He definitely. Well, yeah, like you said, Borma, it used to be that you would get famous on TV and then transition to film because mm. that's where the real prestige and money was, and that was that way for American TV too. And that's changed in American TV as well, and I think it's changed in Korean TV as well. Mm. Yeah, because you had like that period where all of those film actors actually came back to the small screen, right? <laughs> there were too many of them. <laughs> and I mean, it's kind of the Netflix thing, isn't it? Yeah, true. Kind of. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. We're in the age of prestige TV globally mm-hmm. right now, so it's interesting. So in 2017, he finally came back to drama as a proper male lead with because this is my first life. He came back as as better than a proper male lead. Yes, because. Yes. Nam Sehi was just a, a, a revelation in iconic, iconic. Like before yeah. Ryan Gold, it's Nam Sehi <laughs> in so my true. heart. 
the problem with this drama is because of the way that it ended, I've kind of slush piled it mm. as a drama never to be revisited and never to be thought of again. But so you're to, right. So, so PSA for anybody who hasn't tried because this is my first life. Uh, the drama does a bit of a nosedive in terms of character us in, in episode 15 and 16. So take advice from Moniz, stop at episode 14. It's actually a pretty good <laughs> yeah. natural spot to yeah. end the drama. Yeah. Everybody gets happy endings. It's not that it goes si- sideways there. It's simply that characters do uncharacteristic things. Inexplicable things that don't make sense according to who we know them to be. And makes you hate them for doing it. So, yeah. 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 And it makes you drop kick the drum out. (laughs) Or is that just me? But before (laughs) that. But it's it's sometimes if you know this going in, you won't be as angry when you actually get to it. So that's why we're forewarning you. Right. Because exactly. it's such a worth it, like such a worthy oh, drama. The same so, way, like when the so weather good. is fine. But you just have to stop before it goes bad. <laughs> true, true. Exactly. And, and exactly. end of episode fourteen, just stop. Just stop. Trust mm-hmm. us. Don't say just we didn't stop. warn you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I went to talk to uh, you, like my former professor at Duke asked me to come back and talk to her class, which she's teaching. She teaches this um, Asian narratives class. Um, which which, I'm which so can we just of. pause here and, and say that Anissa went and gave a lecture on contract relationships to like young uh. minds. <laughs> well, no, the, the class was about the Asian marriage plot. So it was specifically like marriage plot dramas, which I just is, you know, is like my favorite thing. <laughs> so anyway, I, I was looking for like a clip to share with the class as an example of like one stage on my chart of uh, marriage plot uh, flow chart of regression. <laughs> I had a better name for it, but I'm tired right now. But um, but yeah, and so I actually chose um, a scene from Because This Is My First Life, and I was like, oh my god, this was such a good drama. Like, I, I just all came back to me, and I was like, ah! So I, I had also done that, but then that kind of reminded me how much I loved so many things about the show. Alisa, about that flow chart... Uh, shall we share that with our listeners on our social media? Yeah, we'll share it on our Twitter account and our Instagram account. Y'all can go and see it and we'll link to it in the description. Absolutely. Okay. Um, about uh, Iminki's character in Because in my first because this is my first life, this one is probably, in my mind, the closest to what he's doing in My Liberation Diaries and yet completely opposite because... He was, he used to not speak at all in, uh, because this is my first time, that was like one of the defining characteristics of (laughs) this guy. And like we said, doesn't shut up in my liberation notes. Um, And yet. Wow, I don't find them to be similar at all. Don't you? When you were describing him, Anissa, when you were describing his character, I was thinking, well, that sounds like his character in Because It's My First Life, except for the talking. (laughs) But it's it's not even like he's actually a totally different person. Like, objectively, totally different worldview. Everything is Mm. very different. But he's still Imingi, right? No, but it's not not even the actor. There is a a through line that is somehow a little similar in that both of them are very, very obsessed with how life should be and what they can control and what they can't Mm. control in life. Okay, now I see it. Well, that sounds like his character in Oh Master, which was the worst. (laughs) Nobody watched that drama. That is the worst drama. You will thank me, even (laughs) if you don't think you will. 
gosh, what a trash drama, waste of Yumingi. Oh, okay. I think that made me go of Yumingi. <laughs> that I mean, uh, I, he he dies in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Is it bad that we've ruined the drama for the drama I, ruined itself? Okay, and yeah. it ruined me. It took. More than 16 hours of my life that I will not get back. Oh, no. When I could have been watching a good drama. Ugh. Okay, least... so we jumped ahead, but... Um, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. But at least we got... I got my detective, scruffy detective version of him in Lies Within. Before we go into The Lies Within, let's quickly talk about The Beauty Inside, which is a drama he did that was... Hmm. How shall I put it? So he does your very typical Chebol um, hero in this one, except that he has that that disease where you can't recognize faces. The one that... Uh, what, Prosopagnosia. That one. Mm-hmm. And that one. Uh, <laughs> a lot of heroes had it in, in those few years. It was super trendy <laughs> for a while. Yeah. The girl who sees smells. Yeah. With Namgungmin. Yeah. So, also, um, The Secret Life of My Secretary. Right. That's the one. Um, okay, so he, he's like, and he's very typical in, in his chebuliness here, except it's it's Iminki, right? So even when he's doing a very typical chebul, he stands out. Exactly. It's just his, yeah. his delivery, the way he just looks at people around him. And also, I, one thing I really appreciated is that him, when he sees a person and doesn't recognize their face, his face is already so blank of expression, like just this character's face, that you don't know if he's staring at you because he doesn't recognize you or if your <laughs> presence is like beneath him to acknowledge. And I it mean, walks either ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Kay can do a blank stare like nobody else. It's it, it, it's so good. It's one of the reasons that this drama was so enjoyable for me to watch. The other reason was Idahi, who was playing both his um, half sister and also his business rival. It was she was basically playing. I, I've said this before: the male second lead, only she's the female the second lead. Yeah. Anyway, back to Iminki. He made the drama worth watching. Honestly. Um, Seo Hyun Jin was, was fine, but the story didn't have too much meat. If it wasn't Yi Ki, I wouldn't have watched the whole thing. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard good things about the inside in general. So. <laughs> That's because <laughs> it's so convoluted. And the, ending, yeah. and the ending really pissed a lot of people off. Justifiably. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's the kind of show that if I had started watching it while it was airing, I would have probably watched half of it and then just kind of forgotten about it or gone distracted with <laughs> other things but because I never started watching it and I heard everything that you had to say for him I'm just like I'm not gonna watch that I think when I was watching it I was enjoying it a lot um mostly because of human key uh but like in retrospect I can completely see how valid the criticism of that time was which I refused to acknowledge at that time <laughs> <laughs> okay so the next one yeah. So the next one he did the next year was The Lies Within, which was his, you know, scruffy detective phase, which, you know, Saya's always here for. <laughs> I, I just, have to confess, I only watched half of that show because it just got too gruesome for me and I didn't want to watch uh, being dismembered. Yeah. I didn't want to watch Ijin Hyuk be t- yeah, tortured anymore. Like he had just had like multiple roles where he was like either being murdered or dismembered or like. I think bad things were happening to him and I was like I cannot watch this in another show even though I loved I loved um 
I really liked Iminki, but even more than him, I really loved the female lead, Yu Young. Like I just she was badly she underused was, in that drama. She was underused, but whatever she did was very good. Yes. Yeah. E. Young is actually someone we should do an episode like this on because she is. Amazing. I want to do that. Yes. I love her Let's so do much. that next. So, what did you think of the whole show and him in that show? I mean, in, it was a pretty sort of straight up, you know, detective, political thriller, mystery kind of show, murder mystery thing. Like, you know, the, the whole thriller genre blend where it's a little bit political, it's a little bit personal, it's a little bit. All of those things. Right. It was a good show. It wasn't a spectacular show. It was really good. Like you could watch it to the end without being bored. Um, it doesn't like belong in any of my top tens, but it did. It was full of like you know these act. The cast was excellent, and as you say, E. Young was amazing at everything she did in it. She just was so 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 badly underused in that drama, which made me a little bit angry. But Imingi does make up for it. It wasn't Imingi drama. He was like he's. The drama was straight, but he was the oddball. So he still brings that weirdness, mm-hmm. and um, and like he has uh, Satri in that drama. So his like his speech sort of added to his oddballness, um, and like the way that he delivered his lines. Like he had this quite clipped way of speaking, which is not how he normally speaks in his other characters. So it you got this sense that he was sort of. He was thinking in full sentences, but he would speak half of it and the other half was in his head. Oh. So you got this sense of him sort of, um, I'm looking at the review that I wrote of this at the time and I've I've written that you know, watching him work makes me think of the expression, a clock that keeps its own time, which is a perfect description of him. He moves at his own pace regardless of how slow or fast things are around him. So he's a very interestingly drawn character and I think a lot of that is him. It's not necessarily the writing that's giving him that. It's him putting it into his character. And yeah, he's he's Imingi. He's masterful in in his in crafting and creating his characters and making them memorable even when the drama like he's always better than the drama that he's in. Not yes. always, most of the time. Not always, but most Sometimes of the time. Sometimes the drama is yeah. as good, but most of the time he elevates the like the drama. And I mean, we'll we already talked about and then he oh, went master and then, and then uh, or oh my lady lord. So we don't need to spend more time <laughs> than you've already wasted on that. But um, sometimes you know the, the material can is, be elevated. The annoying thing. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that when I said that sentence. The annoying thing is his character was really interesting and it had a lot of potential. They just kept sort of, sort of retconning his character. Like they would keep... Um, rebooting his character like he would have some development and then they'd reset him then he'd develop and then they'd reset him and the drama did this two or three times and you're just like what are you doing like can you Mm. have a a constant arc of development instead of you know going to sleep and waking up your old self that you were like just yeah that's always frustrating but it's especially frustrating when writers do that when like you know that the actor has so much potential yeah, both to of like, them. like Nana carry is, a character uh, arc of like interesting development. You know, like some actors can give so much more than what's on the page. And yeah. it's just like the writer and the director just has to like give them the space to do that. And they'll just like take it and like run off with it. Yeah. I wonder if he didn't have the full script when he chose this drama because I can imagine I that he probably did not. Yeah. yeah. Because he generally makes pretty good choices. Yeah. Um, speaking of good choices, uh, the most uh, recent thing that he's been in is My Liberation Notes. And 
Um, is this going to, if I don't know if this is going to come out before or after the next long yak, but like we talked about it in there and how much we love it and how much we love him in it. But anything that we want to add that we haven't said about him already? Just that Chunky is quite a departure from the characters I've usually seen Eamon Ki portray for one thing. So the, the all three siblings are main characters in the drama, right? Yeah. But he's not the central main character, so to speak. Like the focus isn't really evenly divided between the siblings. I would say, um, what's what what's um, Kim Ji Won's character is kind of the main character. Yeah, right? Kim Ji Won's character yeah. gets like most of the spotlight, and she gets like the the romance romance. <laughs> but um, what I really like about Chan Chang Hee's character is that that doesn't make his plot less engrossing. It's and his plot is entirely about his character. Like how he sees yeah. his life, like the daily drudgery of going from his small town, um, you know, home, traveling to the office and then spending all day visiting different stores that he takes care of. And then the office politics that's happening, just complaining with his friends, then, you know, trying to date and if that and kind of like, um, so what he ends up doing often is that he predicts the end of his own relationships and he kind of makes that happen. What do you call it? Like when you're... Um, you're self-sabotage. Yeah, self-sabotage. You're, you're kind of making it happen because you expect it to end. There is a better phrasing that I just can't think of right now. And he keeps... Oh, a self-fulfilling prophecy? Correct. That's the one. That's And he knows that about himself. Right. And you realize how self-aware he is as a person. Oh, okay. Actually, I thought of the perfect, uh, what I actually wanted to say about Chang Hee, which is something that I rarely see in a character, let alone a male character. Um, his self-awareness, he says a lot of things and he's constantly spouting these revelations that he's had about the world and how it functions and what his own place in the world is. And you think that it's all gas. And then suddenly he would say something that absolutely makes sense. And you realize that this guy is actually really insightful. He just. Yeah, he's insightful in a way that people who talk a lot usually are not. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Because people who talk a lot tend to spend most of their time talking, not a lot of time thinking. But he thinks a lot, too. Like he talks a lot, but he thinks a lot. And I mean, I've only seen less than half of the show at this point, but he gets the best lines. He gets the like, best lines. Out of That's all true. the characters, he gets the best lines. He's the most alive and real feeling out of all the characters. Like everyone else is also very well written, but he is, he, you know him. Like, you know this person. Like, this is a real person. And 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 the other thing is that your his siblings um, have these defining roles, like, you know, like his youngest sibling is the introvert. Uh, that's Mijang, and then and Kijang is the extrovert who's looking for love. And Chang Hee just wants like his own car so he can, you know, date properly and maybe move to the city at some point. But even then, Chang Hee is actually a mix of his siblings. Like he is an introvert in some ways too, and he's an extrovert in some ways too, and it's. It's so, 
it's so hard to exactly put him in a box unlike his siblings his siblings really neatly fit into certain boxes like Mijang well that's yeah this- and that's what makes him feel more like a real person right is because we're all contradictions we're not none of us are like just one thing exactly and and that's why i i kind of feel like this this particular role i have not seen him do a role like this before and I don't know if he'll get an opportunity to do a role like this again. And I think he knows that because he's putting everything into every scene he's in. You, yeah. Like, ah. I think this is also the fir- the role that he's had that is simultaneously the most well-written and complex and also like the most sort of not down to earth necessarily, but it's the most relatable character that I think he's ever done. Like he, it's the most immediately sort of like, because I find with him, even though he's incredibly magnetic and interesting and charming and weird, like a lot of his roles have this like distance between him and the viewer. And this doesn't have that distance. Exactly. You're immediately like welcomed into his inner self and his world and his life and um, he's just a really personable character, which is why, you know, he has this woman who calls him and talks to him for an hour and a half every day. <laughs> like, he's just, he's like, this is Ajuma like store, someone, store owner, right? And he's a store manager. Right. And she just like, and he just like listens to her grievances for an hour and a half every day because he's like too nice to hang up on her. But like, he's just so easy to talk to in the way that like, if you knew this person in your life. He would be that person who's like very easy to talk to, very easy to be around. And like, I don't think I've seen that in any of his other roles because it was always like quirky in a way that had him a little bit out of remove. He was a little shiny in in those like, but in the this role, he is both sympathetic character who's listening to this Ajuma go on and on for hours. But he's also petty enough to complain to his friends the next day and especially about like his colleague whom he doesn't like. He'll right. bitch about her. Right. But it's like he's he's a he's ball prickly. of contradiction. He's so messy. Yeah. And yeah. it's great. In a good way. In a great yeah. way, yeah. <laughs> Whereas like uh, Kijang is messy in a way that like kind of annoys that, me. That, <laughs> that, is, that is a lot to take. Like her personality like really sucks the air out of a room because of how... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, chaos follows her I, around. I was going to say, if there was one Imingi to rule them all, which one would it be for you guys? But I think it's fairly clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it's most likely, oh, no, no, wait. There is I don't know. Namsehi. I feel like I can't judge between him and Namsehi until yeah. I've seen this whole drama because Namsehi is that's such an incredible character. That's true. Namsehi is a bit unforgettable. Even though he, he did have a bit of that polish, he was just, he had this... Ah, oh, damn it. Damn it, Saya. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> this is Namsi the closing is, question. <laughs> is so... Namsi, weirdly, even though he was at a remove because of his personality, out of all the roles that he's done, like, he got my heart the most. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he made me feel so much for him, even though he wasn't... It was like, because he was very... He showed very little expression. You as a viewer were like, have all my feelings. <laughs> I will fill in that gap of feelings because I know that you're feeling it, but you can't say it. So here's all of my feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So. And also like anytime the show was like, we must make Namsehi feel 
or something or like put him in a situation where he has to emote you as a viewer were like protective of him you're like don't do that right, to him exactly. let him let him be aloof and live alone right. that's what he wants yeah let him be himself <laughs> exactly don't don't hurt my baby <laughs> don't put my baby into an uncomfortable position okay i think we've um reached a point where we're just not saying anything useful anymore <laughs> So, um, in conclusion, we love Iminki. We, we we're do. so happy that he got to do this role that he's just doing now. I think before we wrap up, can we just say like how we feel about how where he is in his career right now as a closer? I think I think he is in a really good space because at at this point in time, you have roles for actors who can do like bring something different. like in dramas like you could probably do that in movies in, in decades past in korean movies but in korean dramas you had to be a certain type to fit into the lead roles but now you have choices no you're absolutely right and you know like we've talked before about how cable changed mm. the drama landscape mm-hmm. in terms of how it became a lot more free like there was more creative freedom for writers and directors to make the kind of shows that they wanted post reply in 1997 because they weren't kind of put into these rigid boxes of who is a marketable male and female lead that were so much more strict with on broadcast television mm-hmm. and then streaming has kind of expanded that even more so like it really makes a lot of sense that he would come back to dramas in you know 2017 because he is the kind of actor that doesn't fit neatly into that box like he kind of forced himself to earlier in his career but the true beauty of what he can do didn't really blossom until he was able to do these kind of roles like because it's my first life uh you know like my liberation notes even the lies within like you said saya mm. oh great yeah so we're excited for what he's going to do next absolutely yes <laughs> so if you like this kind of episode let us know if you have ideas for who you want us to talk about next email us or tweet at us or find us on Instagram. I don't know what's the equivalent of tweet at us in Instagram language. You're DM on that sliding into the DMs. <laughs> yeah, slide into our DMs and talk to us about who you want us to talk about. So how can people find us, y'all, to do that? They can find us on Twitter at dramas overflow. Um and you can find me, Saya, at not now Saya. And you can find me on Twitter at @anisakhalifa_underscore. And you can find me, Parma, at festafasta. And you can find us on Instagram at dramasoverflowers underscore. And you can email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search Dramas Over Flowers. And our website is dramasoverflowers.net. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter for updates and new news and other stuff. Extras. <laughs> Extras. <Yeah. laughs> Extras. Extras. <laughs> Travels Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media/podcast. And that's Thanks a wrap. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye everyone. Bye.